We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I'm your host, and I'm very excited to be joined by a special guest today all the way from California. Nastasha, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we're going to dive right into the question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? Ah, that is such a great question, and uh, I think there are a lot of different answers for that but for me uh, when I gave it a little bit of thought I I would have to say love and kindness um, I think that's one of the biggest focuses of my life um, love and kindness and choosing happiness uh, I think that those are probably two of the most important core values that I personally drive towards every day in everyday life and then also in my professional life trying to create that ripple effect in my professional life with my business and the people that I have the pleasure of working with as well, trying to inspire that movement. That's awesome. Here's a question. How do you, so, yeah. so you mentioned your business, how do you bring that love and kindness and choosing happiness into your day-to-day -day world of business? I love that. Great question. Um, well, there's a lot of different ways. First of all, it's, it's literally written on the backs of our shirts. <laughs> it's up in the doors on the walls. It's a, it's, a, it's a company core value. Um, choose happiness, love and kindness are, are three of our, our biggest core values and um, literally written on the back of our shirts. So as the girls are, you know, turn around to make the smoothies, their customers are seeing, you know, uh, be kind, choose happiness, you know, all these things are like literally written on us. And so um, that's, that would say is part of it. But uh, more than that, really, we do a lot of, you know, conversing around this. So we have these ongoing uh, quarterly meetings in every location, in every apartment. And, and one of the biggest focuses that we have of those meetings is company culture. And uh, one of the talks that I give, and I tell the girls all the time, you've heard me say this before, you're going to hear me say it again, I'll be saying it until my last breath. But, you know, loving kindness is something that we we truly embody here at Choice. We don't just, you know, write it on the walls and write it on our shirts and then just, you know, call it a day. We, we actually embody it and we work towards it every day. And we teach that, you know, it's really easy to be loving and kind towards people when they're being loving and kind to you. But where the, the work comes in and the true challenge comes in is, you know, are you able to show up and be loving and kind when someone's being less than loving and kind towards you? And so, you know, thankfully in our industry, we're in the health food industry. So, Healthy people are typically healthy people. So we get a lot of healthy, happy people. But once in a great while, we do get somebody that comes in and maybe they're having a really bad day. Maybe they're going through a really tough time. And, and my challenge to everyone that I work with and to myself as well is, you know, when I come across that person who's maybe not in the best place and not treating me with the most love and kindness, you know, 
am I going to sink down to their level or am I going to use this opportunity to practice love and kindness towards that person? Um, because that, again, that's what really counts. That's what really matters is, is can you show up and, and do it when it's not easy? And the same thing with choosing happiness. You know, it's really easy. I tell, I tell everybody all the time, you know, at work and in the stores and whenever I, you know, have the opportunity to give talks, you know, it's really easy to be happy when everything's going your way. It's really easy when everything's going your way and everything feels great, but can you be happy when it's not going your way? Can you be happy when you receive bad news? Can you be happy when things are going, you know, in the direction that you didn't expect or plan for? You know, can you dance in the rain when there's a storm? Because storms are a natural part of life. And, you know, at Choice, we have this, we call it the emotional moat, you know, and it's around the store. So when you walk in, when you show up, you know, you're choosing happiness and you're dropping everything else in that emotional moat when you walk in the door. And that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to have a bad day. And if you're having a bad day, give me a call, give your manager a call, give somebody a call, you know, we'll sit down and we'll talk you through that. But if you're going to choose to show up and you're going to come in for your shift, you know, you're going to choose happiness while you're here because it's our responsibility. When we say that that's one of our core values is choosing happiness, we actually have to embody that. We have to show up and we owe it to the people that we work with to help brighten their day and to be a light for our customers that come in and shop at our stores every day. You know, we're here to make an impact, not just in the foods that we serve that are organic and healthy and amazing, but also in the way that we show up in the world. And so it's really our responsibility. And that's something that we teach at the stores. It's something I personally embody. Um, you know, every single day of my life, I really strive towards showing up and choosing happiness, even in the most challenging of times. And I think that that's, um, I would say, a long-winded way to answer your question of how I bring that into the company as well. I love that. I absolutely love it. Now, here's the follow-up question, because we're starting to hear a thread of this already, but what would you consider to be your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you, and what are some of the moments that help shape it over the years? That's an awesome one as well. Um, you know, giving this a little bit of thought, um, you know, wow factor, I feel like there are a lot of different things that you could uh, probably say about yourself, but for me, I would say my wow factor is probably resilience. Um, I think that the ability to, you know, like I said earlier, dance in the rain. <laughs> I've had an opportunity to do a lot of that in my lifetime. I've, you know, had a really, really tough childhood growing up and saw some of, you know, the, you know, worst of the worst, the worst things that you would never wish on anybody. Certainly no child. And, um, I think that while it was a challenging experience, I think it built resilience in me and that, you know, coming into business for myself as a, you know, young adult, I think that that was one of the key factors for success for me was having that resilience. Um, I had a business coach who I still work with today, but um, when we first started working together after you know, the first few really big challenges that we faced, um, you know, I'm in the restaurant business. I think it's like, the odds are something like one in every two restaurants fail in the first year or something crazy like that. So, you know, I'm a single mom. I went all in. I was, you know, a few months in and I, you know, facing failure. I had a business partner jump ship, um, you know, a few months in. We were, it was a sinking ship, so I don't blame him. But, you know, I got kind of left with this business that was failing. I cashed out every last 401k just to make payroll. And I didn't know how I was going to make it the next couple of weeks. We're in the smoothie and juice business and the forecast called for rain and it was not looking pretty. <laughs> and it was a really scary time for me. And um, after this experience, after going through this this time and coming out ahead of that, my business coach 
one day told me, you know, a lot of people, they hit a wall and, you know, they look up and they look around and they see this massive wall and it's just impossible to, to get around. And so they pack up their bags and they turn around and they go home. And he's like, with you, you know, you hit this wall and you walk to one edge and then you turn around, you walk to the other edge and then you look up and you look down. And if you can't get over it and you can't get around it, you just blow through it. You just, you don't turn around, you don't pack it in, you don't go home. And he said that that was one of the, the best attributes that I had. And, you know, looking back at my life, you know, when I heard that, I had to agree that that's definitely one of the biggest, um, you know, wow factors about me is the ability to, you know, look at challenges and opportunities for growth, look for the gift in every struggle that I've faced. Um, and that the sooner I do that, the sooner I become solution oriented. And the sooner the solutions show up and, uh, you know, we're dancing in the rain until they're there. And it's, it's, I definitely think that's one of the biggest things I've been able to, to accomplish in my life. And then also that's inspired other people around me to see what's possible. Powerful. Now, here's a question. Is that something you feel you were born with or is it something you learned or is it something you taught yourself? Hmm. That's a tough question. Um, you know, to some degree, I think I think sometimes we come in hardwired um, a certain way. And I think that a part of me has to answer that question and say that I came in that way. Um, but it's hard to say. I face struggles and challenges really early in life. And you learn to survive in those environments. You learn to adapt to the different situations um, when you're dealing with things like homelessness and abuse and drugs and things like this. You know, you learn to become resilient through those experiences. So to some degree, I do think I came in with it. And to some degree, I think I had a childhood that helped to um, nurture that skill <laughs> mm. um, and become somewhat of an expert at it. Mm. So I, I, I hope that answers your question. It does. I posted something this morning and it was the concept of sometimes you feel like you're in your darkest moments and you've been buried by the challenges and the obstacles and the pressures of life. I saw that. Uh, Keep and, going. I saw it. Yes. <laughs> and maybe, maybe it's just that you've been planted and it's time to bloom. What would you say to yes. someone who might be in that childhood circumstance right now where they're going through maybe not mm. the same, but similar things. And, you know, if you were to look back and talk to yourself in that moment from where you are now, or talk to someone who's young, currently struggling through it, what would you say to them to remind them maybe it's time to bloom instead of time to, to mm. collapse under darkness? Mm. Um, you know, I would say that you are not defined by your circumstances, which is something that took me a long time to learn in my life. Um, you know, while I was resilient, while, you know, I, you know, powered through the early struggles of my life and then, you know, the struggles of my early adult life. Um, I don't think that I realized until I hit, you know, I would say, my mid-20s, I don't think I realized that my past did not have to define my present situation and that I could literally create anything that I wanted for myself. Um, and it was a choice. Um, I could choose to hold on to the stories of the past or I could choose to start writing a different story. And so know that, you know, you're in the perfect place. And, you know, looking back, yes, I faced a lot of struggles and a lot of challenges, but I wouldn't change a single one of them, not one. Because if I did, I wouldn't be the strong person that I am today. I wouldn't be able to handle the things that I've been able to handle in my life that have brought me the incredible things and gifts and journeys and experiences that I've had. And so know that you're in your perfect place and, you know, 
try, you know, to visualize the future that you do want. Um, whenever you're in a place where you're feeling, you know, helpless or, you know, feeling sad or feeling down about your current experience, um, just know that anything is possible, you know, and start dreaming about those possibilities. Start thinking about them, start writing them down, start visualizing them, because I think that when we spend more time looking at what we do want instead of where we're at or what we don't want, um, I think that's where the magic really starts to happen. Hmm. So true. So very true. Now, my next question is, along the journey, all the ups and downs, what's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble? Hmm. What's a moment that made me feel incredibly humble? God, there's been a, there's been a lot of them. <laughs> um, Let's see. I feel like I'm constantly being humbled. Um, you know, I think that, especially in business, you know, sometimes we get, as an entrepreneur, we get this idea that we're supposed to be the smartest one in the room. And um, I think one of the, the best lessons I've had was realizing I'm not the smartest one in the room and being okay with that. Um, and that can be a humbling experience, you know. Um, I think that, you know, the moment where it was, uh, you know, that experience I was talking about a little bit earlier, but, you know, a few months in, I was facing some big challenges. I was, I had three lawsuits hit me in the first uh, six months of business. I had my business partner, you know, peel off. I had cashed everything out and I honestly didn't know how I was going to make it through. And the forecast was calling for rain. And I cried every tear I could possibly cry until there was nothing left of me to cry, you know? And then I, I got up the next morning and uh, I just decided that if everything ended right there in that moment, I had the experience of living my dreams, even if it was only for a little bit. And uh, I let go of the fear of failure, um, which was a humbling experience. You know, you open a business, it's a public experience. You invite all of your friends and your family and you know, everyone knows about it and it's a big thing, you know, this big, beautiful thing that you birthed and then, and then to have that potentially come crumbling down, it can be embarrassing. It can be humbling. It can be, um, it can bring up all kinds of feelings of shame and, oh my goodness, all sorts of things. And so I kind of came um, face to face with, with all of those feelings and had to accept the possibility that it could fail, um, but that life would go on and that, I could find the lesson and the gratitude and the beauty in the experience. And from that place of gratitude, um, while it was a very humbling moment for me, um, it, it brought me to gratitude and uh, gratitude for what I got to experience, gratitude for the opportunity to chase a dream that not a lot of people ever, you know, t take that leap and have that experience. And it was truly a dream. And if it only lasted for that short period of time, you know, I, I was ready to accept that. I mean, I was going to go down fighting, but <laughs> I was ready to accept that and come from, you know, a very humble place. And at that moment, I, I learned to ask for help. That's when I brought my business consultant in and um, I had to accept I wasn't the smartest guy in the room and I didn't know how to make it work by myself and I needed help. And it was really humbling, but it was the best experience of my life. I had to learn how to take feedback at that time. And feedback was not something that I was ever comfortable with. Because feedback in the past to me was like, oh, I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm doing a bad job. You know, you're telling me I'm bad or wrong. Like, this feels horrible. And I had to learn to shift that in that moment and be willing to take feedback that 
you know, maybe my idea was beautiful and great, but I wasn't executing it properly. And things we had to change things and, and do things differently so that we could be a viable business. And that was humbling and that was hard. Um, now, one of the main things that I teach is like feedback is the breakfast of champions. And it's one of the most important things that you can do for your personal and professional growth. And uh, I think I learned that in that moment of humbling. Hmm. Such an important experience. And it, it, it's, it's hard to swallow sometimes. It's hard even to taste for most people. <laughs> it is. Oh, I used to cringe. I used to cringe. And now I'm like, okay, give it to me. What do you got? What could be better? Tell me everything. <laughs> but it took, it took a lot of work. You know, some people say like the best way to get good at rejection is like, just put yourself out there and ask and ask and ask. And you get so used to getting rejected that it, it doesn't bother you anymore. And that was kind of me with feedback. I just started asking for it, even though it made me terribly uncomfortable I started asking for it over and over and over again. And the better I got over time, you know, the more feedback I got, the easier it became, the better I got it, not taking it personally and being able to, you know, not all feedback is for you. Not all feedback is, you know, is right or accurate, but to be able to hear feedback and then seriously reflect on it and seriously look at the situation and you're experiencing yourself and ask yourself truthfully, like, is there something here for me? Um, that's tough. And when you can get that, I think you get the blessing of incredible growth that comes along with that. So true. So, so very true. I love that. Here's a question. (laughs) In all this journey, what's been your most awe-inspiring moment? Hmm. The most awe-inspiring moment. Um, For me, um realizing what I was capable of. Um, you know, I, you said earlier, you know, what advice do I have for, you know, people that might be in the same situation that I was in in my past. And, um, it took me a a long time, you know, to realize what I was capable of. And when I did realize, um, that I didn't need any, I didn't need anybody to be okay. I didn't need anybody else to make me whole or make me complete. When I realized that, I was full when I was complete. Everything that I needed to provide happiness for myself came from within inside of myself. Um, that was a powerful moment for me. And it was a series of things that inspired that moment. Um, really, when, when I started to turn to self-reflection and personal development and started reading and, you know, watching documentaries and, you know, just becoming open to being a better version of myself every day. So it was a series of events that led to that moment. Um, but I would say that it was the moment that I realized that I was in control of my happiness, that I was in control of my experience, that that was a choice that I could make. Um, that was a powerful moment because prior to that, I think I always felt that I was a victim of my circumstance. And uh, it's terrifying to think that we're the ones contributing to our current circumstances that we may not like. <laughs> But it's also incredibly empowering when you realize that that you do have that choice and you can start to tell a different story and and create a completely different experience. Have you ever heard that saying, um, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change? Of course. That was a very powerful moment for me when I started to experience that. Hmm. And as it started to change, what what changed around you? What did you see differently? How did you Mm -hmm. see it before and, and how did you see it on the other side? How I saw it before um, was everybody was wrong. You know, my failed relationships were failed because 
you know, the people wronged me, <laughs> um, my failed friendships, my lack of relationship with my father or my siblings or, you know, all of these, you know, a lot of relational stuff, um, a lot of, you know, work failures, a lot of these things, you know, I would look at other people and I point the finger, you know, and don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that everybody gets a, you know, get out of jail free card. Sure. People, you know, I had been through some tough experiences and I'm not saying that, you know, everybody is perfect in my life. But what I'm saying is, you know, when I started to realize that I was creating my experience and starting to reflect on that, and I started to look back at these relationships that had failed, I started to look at, you know, like I said, the situation with my father, who I had no relationship with at the time. And in the past, I was a victim, you know, my dad, he wasn't there for me. And he never called me, and he never tried to have a relationship with me. And I shifted that, you know, and it was like, I'm going to try to call my dad, I'm going to try to develop a relationship with my dad, my little brothers, I have no relationship with them. What a terrible big sister I've been, you know, like, it's not my it wasn't my dad's responsibility to make sure that you know, even though we had no relationship that my brothers had a relationship with me and they're little boys, they, they didn't know how to have a relationship with me. Like I'm responsible for that, you know? And as soon as I started looking at those situations differently, I started making action. I started reaching out to my little brothers who are now, one of them was now at this time, a grown man just out of the military. And I reached out to him and I was like, I'm so sorry. I was a terrible big sister. And you know, I would love the opportunity to have a relationship with you. And I hope that, you know, you're open to that. And you had a terrifying, you know, 30 days of no response where I thought, oh, man, I really blew it. And then one day he reached out. And now we have an incredible relationship. And I was just thinking about this the other day. He was down visiting for my son's birthday. And we spent the weekend together and had an incredible time. And I was just like, God, if I had continued to look at myself as a victim, I would never have had the reward of having this beautiful relationship in my life today with my brother and then my other little brother and then my dad and, you know, and then my grandma and then, you know, little by little, you know, I've been able to just develop these relationships with family members that, you know, I was, I had no relationship with in the past, um, you know, and, and in my eyes in the past, it was their fault. And when I started taking some responsibility and looking at, yes, maybe in the past, you know, maybe as a child, my dad could have done better and he could have tried harder. Things could have gone differently. But do I have to hold on to that story today? Does it have to be that way today? Or is there something I can do to affect change here in this situation in my present moment now? And the answer was yes. And then when I started to reach out and started to let go of the anger and the resentment and those things and started to just show up with love. You know, my relationships started to change, like the way that I looked at them started to change. And then all of a sudden, they started to change. And so I feel like that's been a one huge area for me. Um, also, I mean, it's something I practice all the time. Anytime something's not going necessarily the way that I want it to go, you know, I, I just I try to change the way that I'm looking at it. And then as soon as I do, the situation starts to reflect something different toward, to me. So I do feel in a, in a large part, we are very responsible for the things that we may feel are going bad or wrong in our lives. You know, what does it hurt to try to look at it differently, you know, and see what happens. And that's what I've done. And it's worked incredibly well with, I would say, a lot of things in my life. So um, I hope that answers that question as well, but um, I can ramble on about that forever. So I'll cut myself off. <laughs> it does. It does. Here, here's my next thought. What's your greatest fear? Ooh, not living to my fullest potential. 
and complacency. I'm just not growing. There was a time in my life when I was very unhappily married and I worked a regular nine to five job. I worked for in the banking industry and worked nine to five and I'd work all day and I'd get off of work and I'd take the kids up in the sitter and I'd go home and I'd make dinner for everybody and get the kids ready for bed and put them to bed and I'd plop myself in front of the TV and I'd turn it on and hours would pass and then I'd turn it off and I'd go to bed and I'd wake up and do it all over again and I was miserable and I hated my life and uh, um, my my fear is ever finding myself in that place again you know in that moment I decided when I realized how incredibly unhappy I was and I decided that I was going to start making changes in my life and I cut cable TV and I started working out and I started reading and I started, you know, working on myself and becoming a better version of myself. And my, my life started to radically change. And then I became obsessed with personal growth and, you know, just seeing what I was capable of. And my life is just so night and day different from there. There are things that I have today that I would have not, I mean, I could have lived my whole life that way. And that scares me that a lot of us live our whole lives in really unhappy situations, um, not knowing what we're capable of. You know, here I am, Sasha, it's only been, I don't know, maybe 10 years from that day, maybe eight years from that day. I can't even recall exactly. But, you know, eight years later, I am I have things in my life like surfing I never did before in my life. I have a business that I'm madly, passionately in love with. I have friends that I would have never known. I've traveled and had experiences I never thought possible. And all of those things wouldn't have happened if I had stayed complacent if I had accepted that that was just life you know just accepted I guess defeat if you because <laughs> to me living in an unhappy place is defeat it's accepting defeat and so my fear is you know I've come this far and I didn't only come this far to just come this far you know like I I just want to know what else I'm capable of and not realizing my potential that scares me and that's probably one of my greatest fears mm. And as you're pushing forward to constantly redefine your potential, what are you most excited about in your future? Mm, all the possibilities. Um, I, you know, I, I, every day it amazes me that I learn more. Every day it amazes me that I find out that I'm capable of more than I ever thought possible. And uh, that is so exciting to me. And I think the thing I'm most excited about is, uh, you know, really helping other people, um, really, you know, continue to spread my message of, you know, choosing happiness and loving kindness and, you know, sharing with people that came from similar situations and backgrounds and really all walks of life that our past does not define our future and, and really, um, you know, stepping more into that and sharing more of that, I think is exciting to me, you know, I'm getting opportunities to share my story and inspire more people to really reflect on their own lives. There's this, um, there's this saying by Socrates, the unexamined life is a life not worth living. And that was me for a good part of my life. And uh, everybody has the potential in this moment right now to reflect on their lives and decide that the things that they're not satisfied with or they're not happy with and they can start to make changes today right now in this moment that then they can look back a few years later and say wow look where I came you know and that's exciting to me that's a message that I feel more people need to hear and uh, I get excited when I think about the ability to help more people hear that message mm. I love it 
So <laughs> we're going to switch gears to the second segment of our show. We call this one the nuts and bolts. It's the tangible, okay. practical, tactical kind of stuff where we give people tips on things they can immediately apply to their life or business. Um, and, okay. and so the first question in this section is what do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life on each day as of right now? Now, is this business and personal? Or are we speaking specific to business right now? <laughs> Let's do both. Okay. Um, uh, I focus a huge amount of my attention on being happy. Um, I think that it's really hard to show up and do a good job and inspire others and do a good job at work and uh, motivate people and be you know, a cheerleader for everybody if you're not filling your own tank. And so I spend a good amount of time, you know, figuring out what makes me happy and doing the things that make me happy and making sure that my cup is filled up. It's really easy as an entrepreneur to get stuck in this mentality of like, I should be working always because with a business, you know, sometimes it's hard to shut it off, you know, especially nowadays with iPhones, it's like I can be laying in bed at midnight and on my emails or checking sales or, you know, writing down ideas on new recipes. And, you know, it's like, I, and when you love what you do, which I do, it sometimes doesn't even feel like work. So you don't realize <laughs> sometimes when you start to neglect yourself and your personal needs. And so I strive really hard to find that balance um, so that I make sure that I'm, I'm doing things out of the right place, a place of happiness and excitement and passion creating from that place, I think is really important. So, you know, making sure that I'm doing the things that make me happy, like surfing and meditating and yoga and, you know, those things that I have to take my personal time to do, hanging out with my kids and filling up their cups and making sure that they're getting a fair share of their mom, you know, and then exploring and getting inspired, eating new foods at new places. And um, all of those things, you know, are part of, you know, what makes Nastasha Nastasha. And so, making sure that I'm paying attention to those things. And then, you know, having the awareness about myself when, you know, it's been a long week and I've been working really hard and I've been, you know, giving a lot of myself to my team and my kids and my family and, and having that awareness to know, wow, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit burnt out right now. Like, what can I do? You know, um, for example, today, you know, it's a Thursday and normally I'm doing store visits all day and out and about and working a little bit in the kitchen and, I, I usually have a set day on Thursdays, but this week it's been kind of an exhausting week. I'm coming off of a busy last week that went right into my son's birthday weekend and I had family in town and it was just go, 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 go. And, you know, the, the work and the play just all kind of melded together and there was so much energy going out and I didn't get a lot of time to bring a lot of energy in. And so today I was getting ready you know, to go about my day and I was headed down to the garage and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to shift things around a little bit today. And I'm going to, I threw my surfboard in my car and I decided I'm going to go for a surf. I'm going to go for a beach walk. I'm going to have a lovely conversation with this amazing podcast. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to shift my day around a little bit to make sure that uh, tomorrow I'm in meetings all day, operation meetings, manager meetings, and it's a full day for me. So like making sure that I'm charged up today so that I can go in tomorrow really strong and creative and excited and passionate and lit up. So long-winded, but I think the main focus of my day is usually how do I feel and making sure that I'm paying attention to that and being mindful, 
you know, how I feel not only in my body and not only in my emotions, but also spiritually, you know, making sure that all of those things are connected and that I'm, I'm really taking care of myself so that I can also take care of other people. Hmm. We've got spiritualness, mindfulness, flexibility, <laughs> balance, filling up, being happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> In all these categories, what would you say is a key to your success? Mm, I think, gosh, it's really tough to say, the key to my success. You know, people in my industry often say that, in fact, I mean, it's really common when I speak to anybody else in the restaurant business. All I ever hear people say is, it's so hard to find good people. It's so hard to find good people. You know, I work so hard. I work so much. People just don't show up. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And I don't have that experience. And sometimes I feel almost guilty about it when people tell me about, you know, their experiences. I'm like, gosh, like, should it be harder? Because I, I feel like we have incredible people. I have incredible managers, incredible teams. And don't get me wrong, we go through tough times. But for the most part, 95% of the time, things are smooth, smooth sailing. And we have amazing people with amazing energy. I get complimented all day long, all day long about the incredible people at every different store, in our kitchen, in every location, people are just so excited about, you know, the choice team and in every place. And so I think that like attracts like. And I think that when I pay a lot of attention to the way that I feel and I take care of myself and I do the work on myself, that allows me to show up and be a light. And I believe that that attracts like-minded people to me and to choice so you know when we put out an ad for what we're looking for people see who we are you know and they want that they, people come to work when even they're going through some of the toughest times and I'm like please like take the day off you know you're going through a really tough thing right now you know it's hard to lose somebody please take the day off I'm like no, no 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 I need to come in that's where I feel my happiest that's where I feel my best I mean people want to be at work because it's created and cultivated this environment of happiness and love and kindness and community. And so I think that, you know, me doing that work and, you know, having that spiritually minded um, mindset that, you know, really pushed me to this personal development and becoming the best version of myself is, is the number one, probably, I would have to say, for the secret to my success, because it's attracted to me the most incredible people that, you know, make this whole thing work. Mm. That's powerful. That's powerful and true. I, I like what you said. Like attracts like. And it becomes a magnet to bring, you know, whatever you're putting into the world, you bring about in your own life. And in this case, you've Absolutely. created the environment. And, and it, it's something I've been studying recently from the book Firms of Endearment, Conscious Capitalism. There's a trend that's starting to show up where you see the difference. And to speak numbers just for a half second for everyone listening, um, when you see the difference between the S&P 500 companies growing at 122% over a 10-year period of time, and then you see the difference between a good to great company, which was the head, hedgehog mentality, the the amazing yeah. leader who strives to drive everything forward and they're a rainmaker and they grow at 331% growth over 10 years. You're like, that's amazing. And then they've recently <laughs> discovered the, the firms of endearment that grow at 1,026% over the same 10 years. Wow. And it's like, that's wow. a different universe when it comes to growth. <laughs> and, and, you know, 122%, yeah. which is some of the biggest com companies in the country in the U.S., versus 1,026%. Yes. 
this 900 yeah. something percent growth difference. And what they found was it's, it's all the things you're describing. It's a culture of caring. It's a culture of growing. It's a culture of learning. It's a culture of trust and, and a culture of interdependency. All these key elements of culture create a space where people can be the happiest, healthiest, strongest, and most fulfilled version of themselves, which is a core mission of mine. And I usually work with individuals, but I've learned how important it is coming over to the workplace that why not, if you're going to be a company owner like you've done here, create a space where humans look back after 20 years of working with you or for you and say, hey, I'm a better human because of these years that we spent together. And yes, yes, it, yes. It's not always the the driving factor of a business owner, but I'm, I'm my heart smiles hearing that from you, because uh, you it sounds Aww. like you've done that intentionally and you've created a space to develop humans and to grow humans. And you know, I, I was doing a project with with a lady who ran an entire Air Force base, and she said one oh of their goodness. one of their missions is to grow and create better citizens of this country. And I said, wow. what did that mean? And she said, when we receive them so often, they're people who had nothing else to choose from and they chose this. And so they're not coming in at the best moment of their life. But over these years that we have them with us, learning and growing and preparing and, and you know, sculpting these young men and women into to solid airmen, we want them to leave their service with us and be a better citizen of this country, a better citizen of the world. Wow. That's like, wow. beautiful. Like what an initiative. I love that. Growing humans I love and preparing it. humans to yes. be better in the world. And, That's amazing. You know, I, I take that to heart and, and I see what you've done in your business and it's a beautiful reflection of a very similar concept saying, hey, how do you nurture human beings through this process? And something you said so that when they're having a bad day, they would rather come here because they know they're going to be better off by being in this environment and they feel that way and they know that and they choose that as well. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. It honestly brings me to tears sometimes when, when I realize what we've created and the environment that we've cultivated together. It's just such a beautiful thing. And I don't, I don't have the opportunity of experiencing that a lot outside of my company. So it's beautiful to hear that there are other people out there doing similar things, you know, making an impact in their way, which to me, that's the biggest thing in my life. I think that I want to accomplish and I've set out to do is to make an impact. You know, I want to leave the world a better place than I found it. And I want to leave people better than I found them. And my goal when I sit down and I meet new hires that are coming in, you know, ultimately our goal is not just to grow you, to make you the best possible version of yourself at choice. It's I want you to genuinely leave here better than you showed up. That's always our goal. And so I think it's beautiful to hear that there sounds like there's books being written about this. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to head over to the bookstore and check out some of those uh, that you recommended. I think you said conscious capitalism. Is that one of them? Conscious capitalism and also firms okay. of endearment. Firms of endearment. Okay, cool. Thank you for those recommendations. I'm going to check them out. But it's so cool to hear that that's, you know, we're not the only ones out there doing that because I think the world needs a lot more of that too. It's true. It's so very true. And I'm, I'm a big proponent as well, so I'm pushing it out there. Hopefully someone that's will listen awesome. and take it into their company as well <laughs> yes. and possibly call you for some tips. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've had a few people reach out to me over the last, the course of the last couple of years as I get out more and do a little more public speaking and ask me to come mentor them to help them kind of create the same environment. And so I've been taking on a little bit of, you know, just, I don't know what you would call that, but just trying to help spread that, even if it's not in my own company, you know, anybody who's willing to hear that message and wants to 
affect that change in their establishment. Like that excites me and I want to help that as well. Very cool. Very cool. So we have our final question and our final question is what's one actionable tip to help others experience the kind of success in their life that you've created in yours? Mm. If you can dream it, you can do it. So I think people can spend a lot more time focusing on and dreaming up what they do want in life. Um, as I said a little bit earlier, you know, people spend a lot of time, myself included in the past, thinking about where I was, where I wanted to be, and how to get there from here. And that how to get there from here kind of stopped me in my tracks. And I have to tell one quick little story about that. A couple years ago, my son loved cars. This kid is obsessed with cars truly all boy because I know nothing about cars and somehow he was born just like obsessed with cars so one day he's telling me about how he wants to have this you know workshop and he wants to build these cars and paint them and you know soup up their exhaust if that's even something that you say I don't know exactly because I'm not familiar with cars but he was telling me all these amazing things he wanted to do and I wanted to have this shop so I gave him like this big poster board and I gave him some markers and I was like here baby like I want you to draw it out like draw what that looks like you know and so he starts strong, he's all excited, and I'm like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go check on dinner, and a few minutes later, I come back, and he's in tears. Hysterics, really. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happened? And he's completely clueless. And he starts just sobbing and telling me, this will never happen. I'll never be able to do this. I don't even know how to build that. I don't even know how to paint. How am I going to have the money to do this? And I was just like, oh, my goodness. At this time, he was probably 10 years old. And I'm like, you're 10 years old and you're already talking yourself out of your dreams trying to figure out how to get there from here you know and and so many of us do that it's kind of like like we hear it as kids you know be practical you know you'll hear a little kid say I want to be a doctor and a lawyer and a veterinarian and I want to be a deep sea dad you know whatever it is and parents are like be realistic choose one like how are you going to do that and you know we we're so busy teaching our kids to be realistic and it kind of kills the dreaming and I think we need to spend a lot more time dreaming and, and a lot less time trying to figure out how we're going to make it happen. But just setting that positive intention and coming from a place in your heart where, A, you believe that you're capable of having anything that you choose and setting an intention of what you want and just trusting that the right things are going to unfold to bring you those perfect you know, things that you're asking for in their perfect time and, and not stressing too much about the details and not focusing on the problems. Like, well, how do I get out of this? And what about that? And how about this? It's like, if it doesn't feel good, stop talking about it. <laughs> Start talking about things that feel good. Start talking about things that you enjoy, that you love, things that make you light up inside, things that make you passionate and excited to get up, you know, focus there, stay in that spot, you know, and the moment you start thinking about something that makes you feel bad, stop thinking about it and think about something different, you know, get really you know, turn into a, a vibration of snob and care about how you feel, how you are feeling and chase after those good feelings and spend more time dreaming up what you do want to create in this life because you are capable of anything. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Such powerful advice and so important. I think what you said is so beautiful and, and, and true. So often as we grow up, we tend to limit ourselves and put restrictions yeah. on what we can or can't do versus, and allowing, so early. <laughs> versus allowing ourselves to go back into the place in our life where we expand our, our, our possibilities in our mind. 
I, I think something that's, that's beautiful is when you find something that you're passionate about and you're excited about and you commit to it and you make the choice to go for it, it magic happens. Life seems to align. Absolutely. Things seem to happen. You know, people show up in just the right moments and opportunities seem to, to open up right in front of you. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, Absolutely. but it'll sure as heck be worth no. it in the long run. <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody said it'd be easy. They just said it'd be worth it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us you and sharing are so, so welcome. much. And thank you, everyone. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for taking time to tune in today. Uh, if you'd like to know more about Nastasha and her company, Choice Juicery, and all the other things she's up to, please visit the show notes. We will have a brief bio in there. We will have links to, to different websites and what she's up to. I would also say it's my wife and I's favorite place to go visit yeah. when we're in San Diego <laughs> County and in the Southern California area. Um, and and we, we really admire you. what you've done. Um, thank you so much. So thank you for showing up. For everyone who's tuning in, uh, if you like this episode, if you know someone who, who needs to hear it, please share it with them. We believe that sharing is caring, and we like caring people around here, so make sure to <laughs> share. And make sure to subscribe and tune in for next episode.